0: Well, Pastor Jamie asked me if I would join him in this series on relationships. I was going to do something on Thanksgiving, contentment. He says, no, you're going to do something on listening. <laughs> listening. Well, I, I didn't hear him the first time. Uh, um, <laughs> fought with him on it. Even fought over the text. And uh, But listening, listening. I Two weakest areas of my life. First is mercy. I, I, I took one of those... Bible gift tests, and guess what I got on mercy? I got zero, <laughs> which really, really bothered me, got a tick, but, uh, but then it kind of came true where, where my younger son, Kent, is now on radio, KPXQ, uh, uh, at 11.30 each day, and, and, uh, uh, and Holly and I were heading home, and long story short, we're listening to Kent on the radio, you know, so proud, and he's sharing about the ser- uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, came to the Beatitude, blessed are the merciful. And in Kent trying to be very um, vulnerable to the community, the entire community uh, shared with him that, that, that he really struggles with mercy himself because he wasn't raised in a home with much. <laughs> Holly and I looked at each other and went, well, I guess he's right. <laughs> and our home was suck it up and get her done. That was kind of, you know, how, how we did it. Well, if, if I'm not good at mercy, I am horrible in listening I drive Holly crazy on this we'll, we'll go out some, with wonderful folks and and I'll, I'll be my charming self and I'll be really interested and I get so interested I'm not listening uh, 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 because I'll ask them about okay where were you born and how did you meet and, and who, how, when did you get married and, and, and that's fine that, that sounds good doesn't it Tell about maybe three four months later and, and we go out with them again So where were you born? How long have you been to me? Did you get married? And Holly just wants to punch my lights out. I, uh, I, I tend to enter into a room with my mouth engaged. I, I didn't speak. My mother said I didn't really talk until I was three years of age. But I haven't ever stopped since then. I, uh, I have a bad habit. I mean, really, it's a, it's a bad habit. It's insulting. I apologize because I've done it to many of you. Where I, I believe I really know the the rest of your sentence. (laughs) And I I have figured out your point, I think, before you have. I want to finish your sentence. Many times I do. And I want you to hurry up and make your point so I can make mine. (laughs) Listening is just, my hypocrisy knows no end on this thing. It is not a virtue of mine. And yes, I am speaking this morning on listening now I, I wish Holly was given this message because she's the listener in our family. As a matter of fact, she's written this great blog last September. Uh, on it's called Soulwork.org. That's her her website for her mentoring ministry. And she under the section I was thinking about listening. Uh, if you get no insights from this message, I refer you to her blog. You know, uh, then that will be worthwhile of your time. So let's speak about listening. I decided not to be a full hypocrite. I decided to forget you guys. I'm going to make this a personal study. So the last three weeks, I've just been studying what the Scriptures say in the wisdom literature of the Bible on listening for myself. What you do with this, I don't care. But I know that for me, I'm going to really have to make some changes if I really believe what we're talking about here. So, if you haven't already, open your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 1. So what does listening have to do (laughs) with relationships Uh, all relationships are built on two pillars pillars of trust and respect If you don't trust somebody there's no relationship you don't respect somebody there's really no relationship Now, now trust is entrusting yourself to someone else's integrity their integrity is very simple it's they mean what they say they do what they promise If somebody means what they say, they don't blow smoke in your face, and they do what they promise, they have integrity. And therefore, we trust. Respect is another thing. Respect is acknowledging the place God has put people into your life. Respect is acknowledging the importance of God-appointed positions of people in my life. And so if listening has something to do with acknowledging people put in my life to speak to me on behalf of God, then listening has everything to do with respect. And respect has everything to do with relationships. Here, James, he's the half-brother of Jesus. He's the head, the leader, the pastor of the persecuted church of Jewish believers in Jerusalem. It's getting really hot now. And so people, Jewish believers, are fleeing the city. They're going out without a pastor. It's called the diaspora. the dispersion. James wants to still pastor them. So he writes this letter, probably the first letter of the entire New Testament ever written. And James sends this letter out as a pastor to try to encourage and pastor these, these Jewish believers escaping persecution. Chapter 1, he begins first to talk about the trials that persecution brings. And then he deals with the temptations that, that those trials will produce. Then he's going to talk in the last half of chapter 1 about how do we respond to the Word of God. I mean, remember he says, Be not forgetful hearers, but effectual doers. For this man, this woman shall be blessed in anything they do. You want to come under the favor of God, then, then respond and live out His Word. But before he talks about listening to the Word of God, he injects two little verses. Verses 19 and 20 here in James chapter 1, read them with me, he says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Anger of man does not accomplish or achieve the righteousness of of, of God. Basically, James here summarizes something that was held and is prevalent among Jewish writings, ancient wisdom writings in the Scriptures and outside the Scriptures. Hasty speech and anger do not please God. As a matter of fact, with a desire to want to be a godly man, a godly woman, it's interesting how he summarizes this. Look at verse 26. James says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious... Now, now, what is that? Well, that I want to please God. My life, I'm a godly man. I want to be a godly man. I want my life to please the Heavenly Father. He says, well, Daryl, if you view yourself that way and yet you do not bridle your tongue, you're deceiving yourself, Daryl, because your religion is worthless. Whoa, this is starting to get painful. As a matter of fact, my son John, the New Testament scholar kid, he was a. <laughs> Yes, last, two weeks ago, he was reading an essay by Plutarch. Plutarch uh, lived in the, second, in the last half of the first century. He's a contemporary with James. Now you say, what son reads essays by Plutarch? My son does, apparently. And I guess that's what New Testament scholars do. But we're talking about this listening thing. He says, you know what Plutarch says, who was a Greek philosopher, which again, contemporary with James, basically equated, if a man wanted to follow God, he must have an ability to listen to reason. By listening to reason, it is, e- it is identical with following God. He and James really agree. James a Jew. This guy's a Greek. And they agree that this listening thing, is absolutely critical if I want to be a man who somehow pleases my Heavenly Father. It, it's interesting. I took a little look at the wisdom uh, 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 passages in the Scripture. For example, you know, sandwiched between, in the Old Testament, between historical books, prophetic books, you've got these five books of wisdom. And, and the biggest, uh, the, the most important one is probably Proverbs. And listen to what he says in Proverbs ten nineteen. Solomon says, "...where there are many words..." Transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips, talks less, is wise. Chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Chapter 13, verse 3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips come to ruin. Chapter 17, verse 28. Is this painting anybody else or just me? He says, verse 27, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. What's interesting, he says in verse 28, even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise when he closes his lips he is counted as prudent solomon is the one who says it is the fool that does all the talking again in proverbs 18:2 he says a fool does not delight in his in understanding but only in revealing his own mind i don't care about your point finish up your point i want to make mine Those those are the thoughts of a fool. Of a fool. So why is it wise to listen? And what does that really have to do with relationships? Well, I found two things from my study in the last three weeks. First of all, listening is the absolute key to any sense of maturity in my life. Second of all, it's the absolute key to any sense of honoring anybody around me. Look at how this works. Listening matures you. See, to be in a place that I want to grow, I don't want to stagnate. I mean, what what is a rut? It's simply a grave with the ends knocked out. It's that whole mentality, we finish school and we think we're done. And we get this idea that, don't confuse me with the facts, I've made up my mind. Boy, that is a way to get stuck. Are you not aware in our culture, as we age, We are perceived as clowns. I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking across the board. Because as we age, I I just, Holly and I just turned 60. I got a t-shirt, aging isn't for sissies. This isn't fun. It's like, what's not working is falling off? And it's just not, this is not a great, great. They keep saying, well, science is extending life. Great. Why didn't they extend childhood? Or how about young adulthood? Why are they extending the part that's not that much fun? and our culture views us as clowns because we walk a little funny we kinda limp a little bit we maybe be a little slower to process some things or is it because we stop growing don't confuse me with the facts I've made up my mind the only way we're gonna mature is to put ourselves in a place that we are students until we take our last breath that we are maturing and we are growing and we are changing because it is the fool who only wants his own mind to be known. And so it's been said that as we age, our, our waistline broadens, but what happens to our minds? <laughs> it's the only thing that narrows on any of us. Talk about being stuck in life. Do you remember how the book of Proverbs even begins? It's counseled to us as young men and women, but the counsel continues. In Proverbs 1, he says in verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. How do they despise wisdom and instruction? They stop what? Listening for it. As a matter of fact, he goes on, verse 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath unto your head, ornaments about your neck. He, he begins chapter 2 by saying, My son... If you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, keep growing, keep maturing, and you do so by listening to wisdom, to wisdom. Solomon says in Proverbs 19:20, "Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise, the rest of your days. Do you want to become a fool? Do you really want to become a clown? You really think you you know it all, you learn, you want to get stuck, you want to stop and act like, think like, live like you do right now? We are to be maturing and growing in wisdom to our last breath and it has everything here to do with how do I listen to the counsel of others? How do I respect the place God has put other people in my life? Remember in Proverbs 27, he talks about an ahiv. Now the Hebrew word for love is ahav. The word ahiv is translated loving friend. And in Proverbs 27 he says, Faithful are the wounds of loving friend, an ahiv. But deceitful are the kisses of the enemy. It goes on to say that a man, a woman who listens to the counsel, the counsel, the wise counsel of his friend will grow to be wise. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. How? By duking it out? No. By listening to one another. You know, David, I was doing a little study in 2 Samuel. And two things really hit me about David, as far as being a listener and growing in wisdom. He was a he was a fool at times he was very wise at times for example remember in, in chapter seven of second samuel he wants to he, he's living in this beautiful place and he wants to build a place for god he wants to build a temple so he he's getting it all ready and he goes to nathan who's the prophet the pastor of the day and he shares this great idea nathan says go on but sound like a great idea god visits nathan at night and says what are you doing David is not the one's going to build the temple. Nathan's got to go back and speak into David's life and said, "You are not the man. It'll be your son after you." Later on, remember David. What does he for Christmas gets binoculars? I don't know. He's looking over the temple wall and he sees his lady taking a bath. Remember Bathsheba's deal, and he brings Bathsheba up and she becomes pregnant with his child. He gets her husband to come. Uriah puts him on the front line, gets him killed. Nathan shows up to David. Now this is David, the king of Israel, a man of many battles, a man you don't want to mess with, you don't want to irritate the king, and you don't want to irritate the king when he's David. Nathan goes in there and he tells a little story about a rich man who had a traveling friend coming into town. Now the rich man had many, many flocks, but the little guy, a poor guy next to him had one little lamb. You of a lamb. And the kids played with the lamb, the story is, is told. And they fed the lamb, they loved the lamb, the one lamb. And of course, when the rich man's friend came into town, the rich man doesn't take from his flock, he takes from the one lamb of the one poor guy, slaughters a lamb, and feeds him to his friend. Well, David is just seething. He says, who is this man? Bring this man to me, I'll have his head. And of course, it's Nathan that says what? You. You took Uriah's wife. You took the one man. You had a harem. You're the man. Question Who's the Nathan's in your life? Who speaks the hard things? Faithful are the wounds of an Aheve, one who loves you so much, the risk, the relationship, the risk you getting angry. But they'll still tell you the truth. But do we listen? You know, uh, sometimes as a pastor, I, I have to say hard things to, to, to people. And, and it used to really frighten me until I realized, it's kind of looking at the Mona Lisa and saying, I don't think it's so good. I'm you know, the issue is, is, is not the art. <laughs> it's the person commenting on the art. Well, notice what it says, what Solomon says in Proverbs 9. He says uh, in, in verse 7, "...he who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself." He who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer, lest he hate you. But you reprove a wise man, and he'll love you. He'll love you. Chapter 15, verse 31 says this. He says, He he whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord uh, is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. How do I listen? When people speak into my life the hard things, if I get angry and I bite their heads off, I am a fool, and it's to my own demise. Because how do I know God has not appointed that person to be a Nathan in my life, to speak something that, that is not getting through this thick skull, and God is looking for people who will speak. Some people take pride in being, well, I'm rather unapproachable. Shame on you. You ought to be as approachable as anybody who wants to be wise and godly. Because you don't know with respect who God will bring into your life for those divine appointments to speak to you. Whether affirmation of encouragement or rebuke and admonishment. It is the fool who gets angry. So every time you get angry because someone criticizes you or or someone comes after you, take a little look. What kind of listener am I? Do I make it difficult? Is it difficult for you to speak into my life? Do I make it that hard? So the first reason in relationships, listening is so important is for my own growth and maturity. God has people that He wants to speak to me. And I better listen. And I can't do that when my lips are flapping. The second reason he says it's wise for listening is it honors others. I always like Leviticus 19.32. I like the old King James Version. It says, when the hoary head enters in the room, you shall rise and honor the aged. I always like that hoary head. You got gray hair, you got a hoary head. All right? It is simply an old English term for gray hair. And here, basically, uh, Moses is saying that we are to honor the aged. But then Moses goes on to say we're to honor father and mother, actually, God, through Moses. Peter says that we guys, 1 Peter 3, 7, we're to honor our wives. But Peter, before that, says we're to honor all men. So what is this honoring thing? There's no question we are to honor. Well, fine. How many times we Christians, we, we throw words around and we don't have a clue what it means, so we don't know what to do. The word honor is a translation of a, of a Greek word, toma'o. And all the word toma'o means is to set a price, to assess value of worth on something. As a matter of fact, the root word has this idea with weight. Back in those days, gold and silver, and you put them on a balance, and the heavier the gold, the heavier the silver, the greater worth. So tomorrow meant to weigh heavy, to weigh heavy somebody. How do you weigh heavy someone? How do you assess value, communicate worth, that they are really important? It's the way you listen to them. It's the way you listen to them. Have you ever been sharing something in your heart, really important to you? Right in the middle of it, the person looks at their watch. How does that make you feel? The word is dishonored. Somebody looks over your shoulder and they're not quite concentrating on you, looking for maybe a better story or somebody more interesting. How does that make you feel? The word is dishonored. The word is worthless. That your feeling, your thoughts, mean absolutely nothing and they have no worth at all. There's no question Jesus set a mark on us. In John 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus said, All men are going to know you're my disciples because of the mark. And the mark that's going to make you so unique is that you love one another as I have loved you. Didn't say eros one another. It's not we have to be passionate. God doesn't command emotions. He doesn't say phileo. You got to be friendly and like each other. Isn't <laughs> that great to know you don't have to like me? It's okay. And I don't have to like you. But the fact is, God doesn't command emotions. And it's not the word of storge, family love. You know, you don't have to like Uncle Bowman, all right? But you got to at least value that he's family. But the word Jesus uses here has nothing to do with emotions, not initially, because it's commanded. A command is an act of the will to choose to obey or not. That's why he uses the word agape, agapao. The command is to recognize and communicate the worth in another that's already there. That's why as children of God, we value what our Heavenly Father values. When the Bible says in 1 John 4, God is love, what it means is that God values what He creates. Some people say, well, love is a verb. Yeah, love is a verb sometimes, but when it says God is love, the verb is is. What does that make love? Predicate nominative. Aren't you glad you came this morning? All it is, it repeats the nominative, the subject. It's basically God does love, but He is love, and all that means is that He values what He creates no matter how it turns out. That's why God so loves the world, even though it's not the way He created it to be. So every human being I bump into has worth because they're created by God. Not only because they're created by God, but 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says, they've been redeemed. You've been redeemed not by silver and gold. In other words, God did not pay a thing for you, but a person. But the precious blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ, You understand that makes you the hottest thing in this universe outside of the Trinity. You are worth Jesus Christ to the Father. And so therefore, when I bump into people around me, they already have worth. I don't give them worth. I'm not building their self-esteem. They already have worth as a creature of God and one that God desires to redeem. I'm simply to recognize that worth as a choice. But then how do you communicate that worth to someone. How do you love? Initially, you do it with tamao. You do it by honoring. You see, when I listen and place weight on when you're sharing and you're talking to me, because you're sharing who you are, what you believe, what you think, what you fear. We cannot separate the things that are deep and what we share from who we are. And if I'm going to place and recognize any worth of who you are, then I better place the weight on what you say. And to do the opposite is just to do the opposite to the demise of the relationship. We honor others by listening because of respect. Those are divine appointments God may be speaking to me or God may want me to love and to communicate worth and honor to you and to those around me acknowledging, acknowledging your place in my life. Well, like I said, this, this was a personal study. And this is painful. Uh, I got to listen to myself four times today on this. <laughs> I can almost hear my mom from heaven saying, told you so, Daryl. She used to say, God gave you two ears, one mouth, one backside. So sit down, shut your mouth, and listen. <laughs> Mom, you're right. I don't know about you. Um, this message is for me. Um, I'll tell you, I'm going to do three things. You do what you want. I'm going to first attempt to stop driving Holly crazy. I, um, being in public ministry for 40 years... Sometimes you're on, and you don't even know you're on. You don't know how not to be on, Interperson on. And what I mean by on is sometimes I work so hard to be interested or to be interesting, and I'm working so hard to be interested or interesting that I'm not listening. I, uh, I need to just take a breath and when you speak I need to just listen I need just to hear your heart maybe God has you there to speak something to my life or maybe it's just all about me having a chance to, to affirm and to love you as a mark of a Christian second thing I'm going to do is I have a band of brothers there's a group of about 7-8 men that once a year I get with and they speak into my life once a year See, they're all Nathans. They have no problem speaking to my life. That's why I refuse to see them more than once <laughs> a year. i I, 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 I got to make that more often. More often. Uh, the third thing is last Sunday I was listening to Pastor Jamie and he was speaking about... This focus. And, and to realize that when you're somewhere, be there. Have you ever noticed it's so easy to, to forget life is so daily and we're always living for the next thing? I mean, I'm a planner. My life is, how do you stay out of trouble? You, you plan. So I, I plan an event, Thanksgiving, so we put all this energy plan, and her over at, you know, 7, we stop AJ's, we're going to bring the turkey. We got all planned. So finally, we're at Thanksgiving, enjoying the meal, and where do you think I am? Okay, now we got Christmas on our mind here. What do you want? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take some potatoes, but I'm thinking about Christmas. And would I be such a fool to not embrace the moment? Like I I said in my commentary on Ecclesiastes, which I finally finished (laughs) after 10 years. But remember we talked about the conveyor belt, every day you get one apple. And people are either looking at, boy, let me tell you about the apple back in 65. That was a great apple. Meanwhile, what happens to the apple right in front of me? Goes right by untouched. Or we're thinking, boy, one day my ship, oh boy, I can't wait till I get a bigger apple. That apple's going to come anytime. time. Meanwhile, what happens to the apple right in front of me? Right by and untouched. Daryl, focus. Follow the wisdom of Pastor Jamie. Focus. Be there. Yeah, I'll plan, but when the plan is happening, be there. I'm saying this. Every time I bump into any of you and anyone else, it's a divine appointment. It's either because you've got something for me Oh, I've got something for you. Because that's relationship. That's relationship. That makes sense? I guess not, so we'll start all over again. <laughs> Pastor Jamie asked me to speak to you about listening. And apparently someone's not. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I pray maybe we're just stunned. But Lord, take these words. Take your wisdom. Father, we are in relationship. That's what eternal life is all about, a relationship with you. And and thus you make it possible that we can have a relationship with each other. Lord, I I have a funny feeling I'm not alone in my hypocrisy. Lord, I, I have a sense that we are all talkers and we all want to be understood and we all want to be discovered we tend to forget, Lord, that we are vessels to be used by you, to love people through, to be in relationship. So, Lord, I would pray that you would remind us. You have given us two ears and one mouth. May we work on listening. May we understand that in respect of others, You may have people out there that you want to speak into our lives that we might mature. Lord, you may have us out there so that we can affirm and love by showing the great worth and value of what other people are feeling and thinking and sharing. May we be wise as we age for your honor, for your glory. Now as we listen to this closing benediction, may we reflect on this.